This is the episode where I talk about depression. Oh boy, you mean I get to talk about the thing about myself that I really don't want to share? Okay. are listening to ADHD Big Brother, the podcast for adults struggling with their ADHD symptoms. Why? I'm your host, creator of the Nudge Program, author of Descending to the Top. My name, Russ Jones. Nice to meet you. Guys, we are going to learn about some stuff. We're going to laugh about some stuff. And ladies and gentlemen, here is some stuff. Welcome, you guys. Come on in. Come on in. I made cocoa. Okay. This episode was a real tough one for me to move the needle forward on. Jeez. Okay, so here's the deal. We know that ADHD comes riddled with comorbidities. It doth never cometh aloneeth doth it. It, it, it. it doth not. And today I'm going to talk about the one that I'm not excited to talk about. This is the one that I'm most not excited about. And my executive function go-to juice for this is just non-existent. It's you're like, wait, what? You don't want to share about your inner demons and your dark places? You don't want to share? Oh, why? This was actually supposed to be the one that I released last Monday, but I just I couldn't do it. I could not get out what I wanted to say about depression uh, or my depression. Um, so here we are now. Do you guys need a trigger warning for this stuff? I mean, I'm going to mention some dark thoughts I've had. So if that's the kind of thing that might be upsetting to you uh Maybe this isn't the podcast for you. Um, I'm also going to mention some of the things that I do uh, to help out towards the end. So maybe you just skip forward if you need to. Um, but uh, there you go. Proceed at your discretion. So why the hell am I talking about depression? That's a gr- great question. Uh, but I mean, this is an ADHD podcast. And at some point, we got to discuss it. Statistically, 70% of us with ADHD will experience depression in our lives. That's a stat. You can Google it if you like. Uh, So it kind of makes sense, right? So what am I? Who am I? What is this depression? Technically, to my healthcare providers, I am diagnosed with uh, depressive disorder, other specified, which which is just, that's perfect for me. This means that I have the symptoms of depression, but the DSM-5 does not quite have a home for me. So other specified, that's sort of like the uh, the junk drawer, the uh, the catch-all. It's the miscellaneous folder for, for, it's like, we know he's depressed. We just don't have a name for it. So uh, put him in the miscellaneous folder over there. I'm like, that's perfect for someone with ADHD, right? How many junk drawers do we have? Or what do you call them? Doom boxes or miscellaneous, the old misky bins, the miscellaneous bins. If you guys don't know what the DSM-5 is, it's the Diagnostic and Statistics Manual of Mental Disorders 5, meaning they, they've had five different volumes, which makes me just be like, you know what? All these things, they're going to change anyway. They'll have new names for things. They'll change names for things. It's sort of like the, you know, how eggs were historically, you know, remember the eggs used to be good for us. Then they were bad for us. Then they were kind of good. And then they were like, whoa, whoa, cholesterol, they're bad. And then they're like, well, I don't know, maybe just don't eat the yellow part. (laughs) Maybe that's the way. Anywho, depression. I should probably give you guys a history, my history, my current status. Um, I always thought of depression as just like my ebb and flow nature. I'm usually a pretty positive feller. 
But when I ebb, there'll be a stretch of time where I'm just ruled by really downer thoughts. And I'll feel hopeless. I'll feel worthless, uh, weak. It's usually a cycle that'll last a few weeks. And maybe sometimes it'll last a couple days. I don't know. I've never clocked it, but it varies. And the thoughts that will win out are the, just the awful ones, the horrible ones. They, uh, they include, uh, but are not limited to thinking things like I'm unlovable. And I think that's pretty standard. I think that's par for the course on depression. Um, I'm a piece of shit. Nobody loves me. Um, my kids think I'm a failure. Uh, they get really dark. They'll be thoughts like, uh, you know, I'm worth more dead than alive. Or, you know, no one's going to remember me when I'm gone. My shelf life in everyone's brain is like, oh, yeah, it, it'll just wisp away. Um. You know, relationship-wise, it would be like that my girlfriend really doesn't love me. She's really just kind of disgusted by me or um, just awful feelings that have no real grounding in reality, but they they are the overwhelming thoughts. And here's the interesting thing that I think about depression is that I know all these things, they're not true. When I'm depressed, I wouldn't need anybody to remind me, oh, that's not true. Because I know they aren't true, but in the moment, they just are, if that makes sense. It's just, I would feel like, yeah, I know I'm lovable, but I don't feel that way. And so that's what's true to me. And no amount of affirmations will change that. A friend, a girlfriend, family member that's saying something to me that won't work. How my depression physically looks, it would be uh, like me, me sleeping on the couch, not getting off the couch, or just not getting out of bed, uh, mindlessly watching TV just letting responsibilities go, just playing video games nonstop, just whatever. And back in the day, I used to chew tobacco, smoke cigarettes, drink alcohol, smoke pot. I used to do anything to numb it or to forget about it. In general, I would be seeking an escape from that feeling just or a reprieve just for a moment in time, um, something that could just mute it for a while. You know, I think living inside one of these depressive episodes, for me, it's like... Being in a car uh, that you have to push start to get it going, but you also have to you have to push it up a hill first. So it's you know already with ADHD, just to do a thing, it requires a bit of effort. It requires some tools, some strategies. But now you add this blanket of hopelessness and apathy, and the effort to do anything becomes monumental. It becomes really, really tough. And you see all these other people around us, like they're zipping by on their cars. They're just whizzing by in their convertibles with their hair blowing in the wind. And you're like, oh my gosh, how do they make it look so easy? One of my bigger factors and the reason why I chose to get back on medicine was my baseline feeling in the world. I personally view my depression in a couple categories. Like there's sadness where, yeah, something happens and I'm sad, like I'll get a divorce or uh, someone I know dies. It's something where you're like, yeah, that makes sense. You're sad. And then there's a process of grieving. There's some time involved. And then you get back to your baseline, which is, okay, I'm okay. Things are okay. Well, in, in my case, when I'm depressed, it's just an overarching baseline of apathy and hopelessness. That's what I get back to at the end of the day. That's where I fall into, which is, my normal is feeling hopeless. And I know we all strive for happiness, you know, or contentment, let's say. And even though that there's drama 
uh, in the world or work, daily stress, problems, you know, tons of problems, that our baseline is that contentment. We don't have to be rich. We don't have to be successful. We don't have to be in great shape, let's say, but it's, but we're, we're okay. An example of this might be like, oh, look, they raised my rent, those bastards. So I'm feeling like mad about that. Um, but I'm like, okay, well, I'll have to figure this out and we'll get on the other end of this. And okay, we'll be all right. But my baseline in times of depression, like when I'm blanketed with all that hopelessness, it would be like, oh, they raised my rent. Of course they did. This blood-sucking monsters. The world hates me. I deserve this. God, if I would have just turned my world around 15 years ago, then turned my life around, then, you know, I'd be in a house and this wouldn't be happening. So I deserve this. The world hates me. I've screwed it all up and I'm never going to be able to make this work. I'm probably going to be homeless. And here it's the same exact thing. Rent got raised. But it's the way that it hits me, the way my response to it, it's one of them is a lot more pleasant and easier to drink down, I'd say. (laughs) The reason I call this uh, like my baseline feeling is that it's because I could go out. I could literally go out with my friends. I could have a good time. I could actually experience a good time with my friends, genuine laughter, genuine joy. And then when I come home, when I wind down and settle down, It's like coming home to all those negative thoughts and feelings, and they remind me of who I am, and they remind me of what I'm supposed to be feeling now, and then you just, your baseline becomes, ugh, sorrow. And sorrow is not fun for me. I think the best tool I've personally experienced, and uh, well, hashtag I'm not a doctor, hashtag I'm not a psychiatrist, hashtag this is my own experience, and hashtag I love saying the word hashtag. The best tool I've experienced is medicine. Uh, There have been two times in my life where my ebb never changed. And in those times where maybe a few months would go by, and I'd think, I can't, I can't keep living like this. And I sought help. The first time, (laughs) the first time, the medicine worked amazingly. It was phenomenal. I'm like, oh, this is what life can feel like. And then I started experiencing these random, out of the blue, intermittent nosebleeds. And I'm like, what good is experiencing this newfound enjoyment of life if I never know when my face is going to explode with blood? Because I don't know, you guys have nosebleeds? There's like a massive artery in your nostril. And when it pops, it gushes. So here you, you I, I'm standing there and I, my, I'm instantly covered my face, my clothes, and I'm racing to the bathroom. There's a trail of blood behind me. So I look like I'm fleeing a horrific crime scene. I'm like, I don't know, man, is this worth it? I don't, it didn't really feel worth it to me because they kept happening and you'd never know when they'd strike, but it helped me kick out of the depression. So uh, that was the positive. And then I just never went back on the medicine. I'm currently now on a different medicine and uh, I'm finding it helpful. I had hit another long-term episode. So I sought help. It's not a game changer. There's a lot of work still to manage my ADHD, uh, but it's a big deal to have my baseline elevated from that apathy and hopelessness. And I was on a I was on a walk with my buddy the other day, and I was saying it's like I, I it's going from apathy and just like uh, hopeless to like uh, you know what um, I think I care a little I, you know I actually think I give a shit and that to me is is huge that that difference from uh, who cares to no oh, 
you know what? I kind of give a shit. That's a big deal. So I'm, I'm loving it. And no nosebleeds. So huge victory there. But outside of the medicine, I'll tell you what I do. Uh, I'm and I'm really sorry, guys, but this podcast it's not it's not going to be like here's 20 different things that you could do to to help your depression. You know, go for a walk, drink water, blah blah blah. This is literally just this. These are the things that work for me, and I've garbaged everything else. So I I would encourage you guys to do the same thing. If some of this stuff works for you, great. If not, I put it in the garbaggio. Okay, put it in the garbage. We've already covered, right, that I'm not a doctor, blah, 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 disclaimer, disclaimer. We're good there? Okay. So I'm going to say that for me, when I'm using these tools, uh, this will be a side note here. If if I'm doing these tools and three months goes by and I don't feel any different, that's when I'm going to talk to my doctor. I have no shame, guys. I have no reservations. I don't give a shit what my doctor thinks about me. Uh, and not in an arrogant way. This is all in a, I will absolutely advocate for myself. Okay, my holistic shit ain't working. Throw me a pill while I'm working on my holistic shit. Okay, let's get me out of the funk. And I know what you're probably thinking, guys. You're probably thinking, okay, so Russ, what's the holistic shit? Okay, I'm interested. All right, here it is. I got a book back in the day than when I was fighting addiction. And it actually has a really cool section on depression. And it turns out I love it. I use it. It's called I Want to Change My Life. How to Overcome Anxiety, Depression, and Addiction by Steve Melamy. Uh, it's either Melamy or Melamese or Melamis. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I'm just going to say Melamy because I like how I, I like how that flows. It's Dr. Steve Melamy. Um, and I'll just put that in the show notes. This is a very complicated landscape. Depression, it, there's not a, it's not a like a, hey, do this and it's all gone. That's not real. So, uh, I'm going to try to paraphrase this all down and you guys can get the book. You can do more research on it. Um, please, please, please. The first thing that really works is getting our thoughts in check. And he suggests doing a thought record. You can Google that. They are everywhere. Templates, how to do them, everything. But they're basically, it's essentially a journal. Uh, you're journaling your negative thoughts. You're identifying them. You're labeling them. And you're coming up with alternative ways of thinking. They call them cognitive distortions. I'll just give you an example of a couple of them. One of them would be all or nothing thinking. Imagine you probably know this one where you come up with this huge exercise plan for yourself. This is how I'm going to do it. And I'm going to get up at 6 a.m. and I'm going to do this, that, and the next thing. And then you wake up at 6, you decide not to do it. And then you you just say, well, the plan doesn't work. I'm a failure. It's over. Uh, that would be an example of all or nothing thinking. Um, another one might be disqualifying the positives where someone maybe pays you a compliment. Maybe you had a work report that you turned in and someone's like, man, that was a great report. And you're like, yeah, no, the beginning sucked. It was, I just put it together. It was dumb. That's you disqualifying the positives. And so in this journaling, what you would be doing is identifying these thoughts, looking at the pros and cons of them, what makes sense about them, what's not true about them, and then coming up with the way that you would want to think about these things. You know, for instance, the exercising. Well, I'd want to say that, you know, I missed it this time, but I'm going to get it. I'm going to try to prepare in advance. I'm going to have my stuff laid out so that I am more motivated to go exercising. Or for the disqualifying the positives, just I'm going to get in the habit of accepting compliments. Someone says, that was a great report. Thank you. And leave it at that. The only downside to doing this kind of journaling and thing is that I'm, I'm not a real big fan of homework when I'm depressed. So... 
this is something that I would probably more likely do when I'm feeling a little bit blue or having a thought. And that thought, I'm like, what the hell is that? What, where'd that come from? Might not be something that I would do if I'm can't get out of the bed depressed. Um, but maybe you would. He also has a section titled action comes before motivation. And that just right there, that's it. That's all you need to know. That's, that's, you don't even, <laughs> that is everything. You know, we wait, especially in with ADHD, we wait for motivation before we act. Totally an ADHD thing. And now let's add the impossibility of the depression. And that just tells me that the action has to be monumentally easy. It has to be so remedial, so simple. So if you say, oh, well, you know what? You got to just get outside and go for a walk. I'm like, yeah, I would love to get outside and go for a walk. That's not going to happen. So how about sit up in bed for 10 seconds and then I'm just going to plop back down into the bed, take a nap as a goddamn hero because I did the thing I said I was going to do. And I want to break that down even further uh, just for our ADHD minds because this is important. Even when we're not depressed, we have to take things to the smallest possible increment of effort. That is how we, quote unquote, we get started. The hope is that it'll provide that spark of motivation to go to the next step. Like sitting up in bed would then become swing my legs around and set them on the ground. And if that was a success, the next step would be stand up. And you thought, oh, getting out of the bed, that's a task. No, 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 no. When we're depressed, get out of bed. That's a multi-step project. And Dr. Melamie also says, decide what you will do, not how much you will accomplish. That's huge. That's big for me. This is for those of us that have made it to the uh, I'm out there functioning in the world level of depression. You're like, I'm actually out of bed and I'm existing in the world. And this is why I use timers. And I just get as specific as I can with what I'm doing. And I have to throw away the idea of finishing. I'll just set a timer for 10 minutes and let's say, and I'm going to clean. And maybe I finish and maybe I don't. But who freaking cares? Because I did the thing I said I was going to do. I cleaned for 10 minutes. The other holistical things that I will try and get myself to do, uh, one of them is meditate. So when I'm depressed, I will, I'll, I'll listen to a guided meditation on Insight Timer. I will meditate laying down, completely informal, just laying there with headphones, listening to a guided meditation. Nine times out of 10, I'll fall asleep, but hey, that's better than dwelling in my misery. Another thing that I will do for my escape, because uh, drugs, alcohol, all that stuff is no longer an option for me per my choice, is I will watch stand-up comedy. So if you want a recommendation there, uh, anything by Gary Goleman. Specifically, if you Google if you, if you you Google Gary Goleman and his Karate Kid bit and his state abbreviations, those are phenomenal. He also has a special, I think it was on HBO, it was called uh, The Great Depression. And that, that's just amazing. It was just start to finish. And the other comedian that never fails me is Brian Regan. That guy is so funny. And the other thing I will do, and this is totally random, but oh my God, I love watching Martin Short giving Steve Martin awards or vice versa, like a a Lifetime Achievement Award or the Mark Twain Prize or something like that because they roast each other and it's just, it's genuinely funny. Now, none of this is a big magic wand. And you you do it and all of a sudden your depression is gone. That would be wonderful. But even the medicine takes time to kick in and start working. If you're in a depressive episode, I just, 
what I would want to know is that I'm not alone. I, that there's other people out there that feel just as shitty as I do. That's pretty morbid, right? Hey, do you feel like shit? Okay, I feel pretty good then. I feel pretty good that we're all feeling like crap together. <laughs> uh, I think maybe you get it. It's not that this isn't an exclusive thing. It's not just me in the world feeling this awful way, which is how it feels. So that's the feeling of, hey, I'm not alone. It's It, it, it helps in a certain way. And by the way, guys, if, if any of you guys got on the other side of your depression and you've got some effective ways that got you through it, I'm personally, I'm always looking for new things to try when, uh, you know, when my light dims, reach out to me through the website, ADHDbigbrother.com, click on contact, send me a message. And if you're currently struggling, just know you're not alone. Please, please, please advocate for yourself without guilt whether it's medicine or therapy, which I a thousand percent support therapy. I think it's brilliant. Uh, or trying holistic stuff. Just please just keep going. These dark fucking tunnels, they do have lights off in the distance. And sometimes we just need help seeing it down there at the end. I hope you guys found this episode helpful. It certainly was sucktastic to make. It was not fun, but uh, I hope you got something out of it. Uh, if you did, please consider leaving a review on iTunes. Please consider rating it on Spotify, sharing this on your social media platforms with your friends. That would really help me out. And as always, you guys can connect with me anytime you want via the website, www.adhdbigbrother.com. And I thank you very much. All righty, guys. We'll talk to you next week. Later.